I love my class this year. I'm so lucky to have so many of the good kids from last year's class. I don't know why my students are so naughty all the time. I've told them how to behave, but it only lasts for about a day. I'm sick and tired of having to constantly remind them. Well, I think students should know how to behave before they come into my classroom. And if they don't, I think it is the administrator's responsibility to handle it. Well, I believe that it's our job as teachers to teach students how to behave. We know how to teach other things. Shouldn't that apply to behavior too? Child Sense! Welcome to Listen to Child Sense. I'm John Halpern. We're educators who offer presentations and other materials about children's behavior on our website, childsense.net. And I'm Jeff Fink. I'm really excited to talk about today's podcast about behavior as a school subject, something that we've been very passionate about for a long time. Yes, Jeff, and do you remember when we first thought of looking at behavior like it's another school subject? I do. For me, it was really freeing to look at students who were struggling in this way, not thinking of them as good or bad, but just lacking the skills to manage themselves. Yeah, yeah, and we realized that there were a lot of similarities to teaching content areas, except that the students who struggled in those areas were not usually thought of as good or bad. In our careers, you and I have worked with a lot of educators who believe it's their job to only teach the content they were trained to teach. And do you recall, John, how many think that when there are behavior problems, they say that the responsibility to address and correct the behavior belongs to administration and parents? Others believe, however, that it is the responsibility of the teacher to teach children about behaving and learning new behaviors. They believe that that's part of their job, too. John and I believe, as teachers, that it is our responsibility to teach behavior. We've studied the research that shows that most behavior is learned, and like any school subject, it will be learned at different rates. Some will learn it quickly, without a need for much practice, and some will take longer. Yep, and most teachers aren't surprised when the school year begins to have students performing at different levels in the content area. We quickly try to figure out where each student is functioning, and we adapt our instruction to help all students learn. Now, the same is true for behavior. We have students who can totally manage themselves at the beginning of the year, students who need some direction or help, and some who struggle with their behavior. And just like teaching our content, we believe it's our responsibility, the teacher's responsibility, to help students become progressively better at self-management. John, isn't it interesting that when we talk to teachers about this, many wonder whether this is a permissive view. We don't think it is. We believe that our students and our children should be held accountable for their behavior, just like they're accountable for their assignments and learning the content we teach, even if it's hard for them. And when those content areas are hard for them, we take some responsibility for coming up with other ways to help them learn. 
By fully understanding that most behavior is learned, we can respond to behavior without thinking of the child as good or bad any more than we think of struggling readers as good or bad. And as you always say, Jeff, if teachers say they have good kids, that means they also have bad kids. Yep, and that's how some students end up getting labeled. Most teachers seem to accept that their classrooms are full of students who present as diverse learners. Similarly, we have groups of students who master self-regulation and behavior with a range of diversity. Yeah, and we don't think of emerging readers, athletes, or artists as good or bad, or do we judge them on their mastery of those areas? You're right, John, yet many teachers do judge students about their mastery of behavior. Behavior, like those other areas of school, is mostly learned. And as you've said many, many times, their behavior is not an aspect of their character. So as teachers, we wonder what to do. Well, what do we do when kids are struggling with reading or math? We think about other ways to better teach reading or math in order to match the needs of each individual student. We can take that same approach to helping students with their behavior, just like how we take the responsibility of coming up with new or different methods to teach our content areas to struggling students. We can come up with new or different methods to help teach students about managing their behavior. Here's an example of how a teacher might help a student with a reading problem. Maya struggles with learning how to read. One day she knows the letter sounds, and the next day is like she never learned them at all. We know that's an aspect of a possible reading disability. We don't blame her for that. We don't shame her or embarrass her. We don't even roll our eyes or sigh. Instead, we look for other ways to help her find success with the small steps of learning how to read. And here's an example of how we might apply the same approach to learning how to behave. Brian keeps blurting out in class. The teacher's response is to remind Brian to raise his hand. When that clearly is not successful in helping Brian to change his behavior, the teacher needs to come up with a new strategy. Now, the teacher doesn't blame Brian for that, doesn't shame him or embarrass him, or even roll their eyes or sigh. Instead, the teacher looks for other ways to help him find success in learning how to raise his hand. I don't know if I've ever told you the story, John, but I had a student once who was quite active and had a real difficulty sitting still. And I tried to accommodate him. I had found a desk that he could stand up at, and that helped a little, but not a tremendous amount. And I thought of another idea, and so I sat down with him one day and I asked him, do you have trouble sitting still in class? And he said, yeah. And I said, I think I have an idea that might help. Are you interested? And he told me he was. So I told him that each day I would give him four tickets. And when he felt the need to walk around or move, he could bring up a ticket to me. And he could walk around, get a drink of water, use the bathroom, and then come back to class. We also discussed some of the parameters, where he could go, how long he could be gone for, and we shared with administration. The next day, he had four tickets on his desk, and sometime later in the morning, he brought a ticket up and 
took a break and went and got a drink of water and came back. And I noticed that as days went on, he would have one and sometimes two tickets at the end of the day. And I talked to him about how he did it. And he told me that, well, the afternoons were hardest for him. So he started to think about his behavior and how to make sure he had tickets left over for the afternoon. So already I have him starting to self-monitor and self-regulate his own behavior. I asked him, what do you think about going to three tickets? And he thought he could do it. And we did that. And the same, he experienced the same success. And then we moved to two tickets. And again, he experienced the same success. And you know what we did next? I do not. We stuck at two tickets because he had already learned how to self-regulate and to manage that behavior. And I wanted him to have the security to know that when he really felt like he was going crazy inside, he could still go for a walk to get a drink of water. Great story, Jeff. When we're not sure how to help students who are struggling in their content areas, we seek out information from workshops, school-based colleagues, books, and other formats for increasing our expertise. Your story shows how we can do the same thing with behavior. In my experience, teachers seem very comfortable seeking help from colleagues and others when it comes to their academic content, but not as much with issues related to behavior. Teachers need to be comfortable asking for help when they have challenging students or when they struggle with classroom management. Teachers can also begin to think about how they're teaching their students about behavior. They can examine what they're modeling for their students. For example, do they speak respectfully when they're upset? Do they model patience when listening to their students? Do they avoid sarcasm or rolling their eyes? Is their use of humor appropriate for the developmental level of their students? John, you remember Robert McKenzie in his book, Setting Limits in the Classroom, talking about kids doing their research by observing the adults around them? He says that kids watch and listen to what the adults in their lives are doing and what they respond to. That suggests that modeling the behaviors teachers want to see in their students is an effective way to teach about behavior. And Jeff, in our book, Responding to Student Behavior, you and I present methods for setting up classrooms for success by especially focusing on behavior. Our four-level plan for responding to behavior is clear and easy to follow. And we also include a section on helping students who resist our efforts in holding them accountable. Wherever you go to find enhanced information on helping students with their behavior, we know you'll find the paradigm shift to looking at behavior as a school subject to be freeing, like we did. So thanks for listening to our discussion on behavior as a school subject. If you find our podcast helpful, please follow us on Apple, Google, or Spotify and give us a rating. We'd really appreciate it. If you have topics related to behavior that you'd like to hear us address, please let us know. And please listen to us next month. John and Jeff offer presentations on a number of topics related to working with children. Their entertaining style makes for a memorable learning environment where content is retained for the future use of the participants. Please contact John and Jeff at ChildSense for more information. ChildSense!